Hi, we're back with our podcast, uh, No Room for Phonies, and this is podcast number seven. We are calling this podcast The Books We Love, a discussion about books and reading and what we have read, what we're looking forward to reading, and basically everything book and reading related. Um, yeah. We're both book lovers. We both love to read. Um, so that's a nice uh, common area that we have. Um, so I guess we can start with uh, why we love reading and where did it start? Yeah. I, my mom was a big reader and I think that's probably where, you know, I was lucky to grow up in a home where books were valued and there were a lot of books. And um, I still have my mom's copy of The Secret Garden that was given to her, I think, by her aunt in 1943. There's an inscription in the uh, front of the book. And I remember that reading that book and thinking, wow, you can really be transported to different places through a book. And that was kind of a very enlightening moment in terms of my reading journey. Yeah. I, I, when, when I read that, like when I was reading your um, kind of notes for the, for today, I was thinking of, uh, I have a set of Anna Green Gables that were gifts to my aunt by her mother because it's it's my grandmother's writing in it. Right. And she would have been 67 years old now, and I know that she received those books when she was, like, 10 years old. So, I mean, and I have them on my shelf. But I did not, I definitely did not um, get my love of reading from my parents. Like, there was not, there were not books in our house, and... I would say that my love of reading came from a teacher that I had in grade seven who would hand me, like I was a really strong um, language student and he would pass me books that he thought I should, I should read. Like he would give me things and say, you should read this and, and you should read that. And I, I believe that that's where, the power of teachers. Yeah. No, but he, I think he just recognized that in me. And I think he also knew that my family background would never, like I, I was living on a farm in Waynefleet and my dad was working long hours. And my, you know, they, I think they were mostly just in survival mode, my parents. Yeah. And so my parents, I uh, have to say, were very supportive. I vividly remember going to the library that was a at least a weekly or bi-weekly activity and we were allowed to check out as many books as we wanted mm -hmm. so we'd come out with this big stack of books yeah no I think that's pretty impressive if you, you think you've got five kids who are checking out all these books and you know that was uh uh, and we just went back to Sault Ste. Marie this summer to uh, intern my dad. And we actually went by the library, all five of us. And my sister ended up working there. And it was a pretty important place for, for all of us. So that was kind of yeah. interesting. Well, that was very definitely true. Of, if you hear little click clicks on the floor, the dog just walked in. Oh. The room. Um, <laughs> he'll, go, he'll go to sleep now. But um, I know that that was a that would have been more a reflection of what I did with my kids than what right. I grew yeah, up with. Yeah, the like, library was important for my kids too. We t I took them, but I never experienced that as a 
as a kid. Yeah, it, so it was great that you had that teacher, and I guess being yeah. teachers ourselves, just kind of imparting that love of reading to our students. That was always a um, part that I loved, and I uh, loved making book recommendations. I always had a library in my classroom, and uh, always yeah, tried yeah. to read to the kids, always make sure I had a book that I was reading. And some of my favorite books are actually books that I read to my class. Like Yeah, me too. Yeah, I would say. Like Gordon Corman and um, the book Wonder, um, by Paula Pacheco, and yeah, yeah. So you just kind of yeah. that. Was well, and I, I mean, I, when I went to university, I was doing like a concurrent <clears throat> bachelor of arts, bachelor of education, and I took a children's literature course and read like probably a hundred or more children's books, right? And so that. But then I got to be a teacher librarian for a while. Oh, cool. So yeah. I volunteered I, in our school library before I was a teacher. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. But yeah, no, and then so as a teacher librarian, then I was responsible for actually, per, like, purchasing, right, and mm -hmm. finding out what kids were in the uh, what in the school were reading and trying to make sure and running scholastic book fairs and yes. I brought in a lot of different authors. Yeah. Um, yeah, I brought in Deborah Ellis. She was very impactful. Um, yeah. yeah. But it was interesting because speaking of books, this book I just read, Little Fires Everywhere, it's written by a Chinese American and she talks about not seeing herself reflected in books when she was growing mm -hmm. up. And as a person who purchased for the library for a while, that was like a, a it just kind of struck me and went, oh, I'm not sure that I maybe did a good job with that. Trying to yeah, be it was hard, right? Though because as possible, purchasing books and realizing that kids do need to see themselves reflected in in books. Yeah. And, and yeah. the other thing that I really found helpful for me in exposing me as a teacher librarian was. Um, uh, forest of Reading. Yes, we did that too. I, I started I, that at my school. I started yeah. Forest of Reading. Yeah. Yeah, and I usually I did it every to every year when, and I really felt that it was like an important thing. It was. Yeah. And then we did. I instituted a reader's breakfast. <laughs> yeah. If you read the books, then you got to come to the reader's breakfast, and uh, and my dad told stories, and yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Kind of Thing. I, mean, I did a few um, young authors and young writers conferences like at the school where everybody in the school was involved in workshops and things and we'd have an author come in or different yeah. who were writers come in to try to expose kids, particularly when I worked in more um, like downtown schools where right. they really didn't see themselves as readers and writers. like. Right. More affluent schools, kids often are more exposed to that. Yeah, unfortunately, the reality, I mean, it, it is an expense, right? And it is yeah. a, a time of leisure, like, right? So reading, if my mom, you know, if your parents were able to read, it means they had some downtime. Right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. But, uh, no, uh, so, I mean, we. I certainly, um, you know, I... As I became a, a mother, like as I became a teacher, I was a teacher like for 10 or 12 years before I came, became a mother. And so the whole idea 
of reading to my class was like, I did that every day, probably three or four times a day because, mm -hmm. you know, I just, and I expose, even when I taught older classes, I always expose them to picture books. Yeah, same. Yeah. Because people think, oh, old for a picture book. <laughs> yeah, no, well, and there are so many good, impactful messages that come from picture books, right? Oh, that, sure. You know, so I would look for stuff and... Yeah. It's actually, I was, you know, I was thinking about this last night as I was, you know, kind of looking through books that I've read and stuff. It's actually sometimes overwhelming. It is. There are so many books. I know. And now they've come out with, like, the 220 list of, you know, books that are coming out in 220. Oh, and you think, yes. oh my gosh, I'd have to read every day for, like, <laughs> exactly. eight exactly. hours a day in order to, maybe that's a good job, book reviewer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was challenged on Facebook once to list my top 10 books. And that was really an interesting exercise because obviously the ones you've read more recently are the ones that are yeah. in your brain. Um, but trying to go back and uh, think, okay, like what are the most impactful books that I have read? And I mean, there's certain authors that certainly stand out for me. Um, but to go back and actually pick your top 10 books. That was very interesting. Yeah, that's pretty hard. Yeah. Because um, then you're always being exposed to something new. Right. And I'm, I'm part of a Canadian author's, um, the Roselawn, it's in Port Coburn, it's the Roselawn series of Canadian authors, right? So I go, I think it's eight times a year or something, and they always, and I've been exposed now to Canadian authors that I didn't even know existed, existed yeah. right? And There's a lot out there, for sure. I mean, we're yeah. lucky to have in the town, the city of Waterloo, I live in, a little plug for Wordsworth Books. We're lucky to have a local independent bookstore that is owned by people who know a lot about books. So mm -hmm. you walk in there, and he's just like, the person he's just great like he'll give you recommendations he'll talk about new stuff that's come in they have a great newsletter they support community events so we're really really lucky to have that and i try and support it as much as i can even though sometimes it's easier to know that your book that you want might be here the next day <laughs> yeah i know it's tempting to try and go to my independent bookseller as much as i can to keep them going because they're rare <laughs> yeah they are like i don't think we have we used to have one in downtown welland um but there is no and then there was another one and it's closed now too. So I mean we're basically um On even that. between Welland, St. Catharines, Port Colburn, Niagara Falls, I don't think we have anything left but chapters mm -hmm. other than um used bookstores. There's quite a few. Yeah, we have two big used book no three. Three used bookstores and then the independent one too. Yeah. And we there's two, uh, surprisingly enough, there's Hennelore Henley's, which um, is a big thing in St. Catharines. And then there's another one, and they're both downtown, which is yeah. which is interesting. And and yeah, you can find a lot of stuff in a in a used book in a used bookstore, but um, For sure. yeah, we go walking 
you yeah, know, so that's, uh, yeah, so he does a lot of local initiatives and uh, um, brings authors in. And yeah. uh, if there's something going on that's kind of book related, then they usually will have a table there selling yeah. books and that sort of thing. Well, the Grim when I was principal in Grimsby, the Grimsby Public Library has a huge um, book club thing. Like they actually have like hundreds of people at their at their book things. And uh, I hope the Grimsby, I did a partnership with them and hosted a couple of, um, of um, authors to come and um, and do and do presentations at the library for kids. So we kind of did these joint things because the Grimsby Public Library, if you ever get a chance to go there, is quite beautiful inside. That's yeah. for a small town. They yeah. did a, they did a really really good job. Good, yeah. And my library is right across the street from me, so it's like yeah, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. keep it and jump and I'm at the. And I have to be more. Um, I was thinking, okay, I buy a lot of books and I put yeah. books on my Kindle. I like both, um, right. but. Um, I should be using the library more. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The frustrating thing with the library is that um, if you want a recent release, they tend to have quite long wait times. Waiting lists, yeah. If you're willing to wait, then it's fine. Um, but I just heard too that publishers are crack cracking down on the number of copies they can have. So right. that wait times even worse so anyway yes i do try and support the library as much as possible well, and i have a friend um uh, that i actually quilt with and we share books right so we'll right. make sure that yeah and there's about four or five people that we kind of the books sort of get just get passed around and then passed on because yeah. you don't want like, to follow them yeah, no. if I have a book that really impacts me, then it will definitely make the shelf. Yeah, me too. <laughs> if it doesn't, if it's something, oh yeah, that was good, but it's not, uh, it's not shelf worthy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, and I, I certainly go back and forth between um, fiction and nonfiction because yeah. I like to read things that make me think, and so. Um, you know, I've read a lot of nonfiction books. Yeah, yeah thank you. Actually, I sometimes prefer nonfiction, but uh, just depends again what what mood I'm in and if something kind of catches my eye or if it's a topic I'm particularly interested in. Or, you know, sometimes yeah. my kids will recommend some books and uh, and. Uh, so I'll read those. But anyways, yeah, I, I, I do love both. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, I've been expanded in the kinds of books that I look at because of the interests of my kids, right? Because I buy my kids' books. Right. And Zach, who's very interested in, like, Russian history. And so I have had to go, on, go and search out books that, you know, not just Russian history, but all kinds of history. So yeah. I've had to search out books for him. And then Sebastian, I've bought him books on theater and film and, you know, all that sort of stuff, which I would never have looked at those kinds of books before. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. yeah, it is kind of cool just to see what they're reading and what their interests are. And uh, all three of them have very different 
interests of what they like to read and and so it's kind of cool just to compare and see what, yeah. what they are reading and you know, and then just to yeah. um, just thank all three of them are readers so i uh i think it's kind of cool um charles says you know he hasn't been always a huge reader of um of fiction so but he's found jeffrey archer he's been reading that oh, he's read his stuff. yeah he's good at night as and so um yeah so it's just interesting to watch you know people and what they're interested in um one of my favorite all-time books um has been this book called dropped thread yeah, i've read that there's two volumes there's volume yeah. one and volume two yeah, it's I a series it. of essays written by women, right? Yeah, and this yeah. it was edited by Carol Shields, who I really is my one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, she's got, but it's just got so much, you know, in, and it's just stories of women and their struggles and their yeah. thoughts, and you know, there's quite. I I was part of a book club for a while, and we actually did it as a book. And it was interesting to um, see people's reactions to it because it's not really one story. It's right, the collection, you yeah. know, collection. So yeah, but I that's one of my favorite. And as a teacher and a mother, I loved Watership Down. I just mm -hmm. loved the. I I always I I read that book. That was one of my mom's favorite books. Yeah, Watership Down. I loved that. Yeah. That, but um, and then I somehow um, got reading um, Frederick Bachman. The he wrote Bear Town and a yeah. man. I read and, a man called Ove. Jana read that for a um, independent study in high school, I think. So it was kind of interesting to talk with her about that book. Uh, yeah, she was reading it. Well, but grandmother sends her regards and apologies. That's another one that I read by him. I really liked. Mm. Yeah, he's Nordic, right? I think Norwegian. Yeah. Or, yeah. And I know he's written a ton more, but I I just kind of got, I was reading Beartown, I think maybe for a book club thing. And then I found, and then I thought, gee, I liked, I liked it. I didn't like Beartown. I liked A Man Called Ove and the other one much better than Beartown, but mm. I did like his writing style a lot. I really enjoyed that. So, but I, and I read Where the Crawdads Sing. Did yes, you I loved that book, loved it. Delia Smith, she's, um, she's actually lived in solitude for a long time studying animals. She's a nature, uh, yeah. naturist and she, um, yeah, you can tell, like when you read that book, you can just tell she understands the isolation of living alone and just her connection to nature was phenomenal. Yeah, no, that was a beautiful story. Mm -hmm. And it made me think of Educated. Yeah. Because I read that one too. Yeah, yeah, that was a very interesting read for sure. Yeah. And uh, Michelle Obama's book, I read that yeah, this year. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah. And the Miriam Taves Women Talking. Yeah. I've read all of her books. Yes, me too. She's a great writer. Love her. And writing. I've seen her. Have you seen her in at a. No, I have not actually. I've never seen her at a, at an author's event, but uh, interesting enough, she came to Welland 
Oh. Someone was putting on something at one of the local high schools. Okay. I to see her there. Oh, cool. And then when I went out west with Sebastian on his, or not Sebastian, with Zachary on his little tour, we did the Miriam Taves walking tour of Steinbach. Okay, which is not recommended by the residents of Steinbach. <laughs> they don't really sure appreciate. They're not, they're not fans. <laughs> no, but it was very interesting. Like we, it's it's uh, it's there's a a website called um, oh I can't think of it, but it's done. It's a sort of a slapstick Mennonite thing, and oh. they have created this walking tour. Oh, okay. um, um, and so you can download it. So that's what we did, starting at the little, um, the little cafe, and then going all through Steinbach to the different places. And actually, her father has a um, at the library. There's a there's a dedication to him, and I thought it would be like inside the library, but it's not. It's a bench outside the library, yeah. so they wouldn't even let him in. Yeah. Interesting. So, but yeah, I, we didn't even really talk about Harry Potter either. I mean, that was a huge sensation, right? Yeah. During uh, our kids' uh, time. And well, and I, I was part of a church community then that was very worried about Harry Potter, right? So, right. yeah, um, there was all that controversy. Yeah, I think they yeah, were. So, Zachary was about. I'm going to say seven or eight. And I thought, okay, well, I don't know what all the hype is about, but I better read all these. Yeah. Oh, I read all of them. I love them. <laughs> I did love them too, but just before I sort of let right. him, but he I read those books. I've got into them as much just because it's not their particular brand of, although Derek does love fantasy, but it wasn't really something that they gravitated towards. They read them, I believe. Um, but um, was not like, woo, this is awesome. Um, yeah. But no, I, exactly, I think he read them several times. He was like totally into it. But um, yeah. And yeah, so she's kind of interesting. And in Scotland, just that's what made me think of it. In Scotland, you can do a tour of where she wrote her books and yeah. all that sort of. You can see the cafe that's got a little plaque saying J.K. Rowling wrote her books here. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah. They're claim to fame, right? Yes, exactly. One of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. But yeah, yeah no, our, I, I'm trying to think what other series of books. Um, um, Rick Riordan, the boys are really into. Yes, um, I think Charles read a lot of those books. Yeah, you know, The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, uh, C.S. Yeah. Lewis. Um, they, yeah, they were into the more the fantasy. Colin loved, like, Spy. There's one guy who wrote, like, James Bond type novels. I do remember that my parents bought um, me a Nancy Drew book. When oh, I was... yeah, we had Nancy Drew and Trixie. My parents are British, so we had Trixie Belden. Trixie Belden, yeah. Um, and then Enid Blyton books and uh, the Fab Five, Fabulous Five. Um, yeah, so, you yeah, know. All yeah. those. Hardy Boys. We read the Hardy Boys to the kids. <laughs> yes, Hardy Boys, yeah. They're pretty That's... funny. Just the language is so politically incorrect and in yeah. times. <laughs> I know, eh? 
And um, I think they refer to their friend as Portly, Portly Chet Martin. <laughs> I know, that's it, yeah. <laughs> like we would never, I know. That's yeah, it. exactly. And I, I read the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society oh, yes. like long, yeah. long, long before it ever became a movie. Actually, you know, one of my students' parents gave that to me, I think, as a teacher gift. Yeah. And, uh, I loved it. It was great. It's, that's a very, that was such a fun story. And then the, I thought the movie was just extremely well done. Yeah, so yeah. Sometimes they're not, right? Yeah. You're like... Yeah, generally I find it hard to watch the movie of a book that I have really loved because... yeah. Sorry, it doesn't always match what you had no. in your head, but um, yeah, that was although the new. We although the new um, version of Little Women, I thought they did a very good job. Yes, yes, of, that was very good. And Pride and Prejudice, those movies, Jana and I both really enjoy those. All the Jane Austen kind of books, yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Charles's favorite is um, A Room with a View. Oh, okay. He loves and any of those kind of Jane Austen right. sort of movies. And um, of course, there's the uh, the there's the um, the Margaret Atwood um, mm -hmm. sort of thing. I mean, yeah, I've read a lot of Margaret Atwood. I, I, I mean, obviously, she's a, a very very famous and well you know well-respected well-known writer um but not my go-to i wouldn't think no but very she's a very interesting person and um um uh, yeah i've read a bunch of her books but uh yeah very interesting there's a very good documentary about her on cbc gem that i just recently watched because i i read um the testaments and I, it wasn't really my, like, I don't know, it just didn't seem like, I didn't, you know, it seemed to write almost like a, a script for a television series. Like, it was almost like, I, I need to write this next book. But, um, so I just wanted to, to learn more about her. It's a, quite an interesting documentary on her. But mm -hmm. I mean, there's obviously... Oh, she's an amazing person. Amazing yeah. activist. Very, yeah. Very, very smart. Very... Yeah. Again, very nature oriented. She's very into nature, and uh, her husband was a big birder, and um, they, yeah, very much connected to nature, which is cool. And she also did fairly amazing things for her time, right? She was an activist, and for sure, did, you know, like that sort of stuff. Yeah. I've also read a few. Um, like um, Seven Fallen Feathers, and yeah. I've read the book by Wab Canoe. Yeah. Uh, the, what was the one, The Clearing? or um, There's one called The Clearing, I think it's called, about it's an indigenous book set out west about an event that happens in this space between these houses. Um, uh, I think it's called The Clearing. That was very good. Yeah. But just, um, you know, they're more, um, Seven Fallen Feathers particularly is almost, um, it's like um, the story of 
you know, how horrible things have been and it's very political and, but it was those kinds of books again are, you know, that um, contrast between what I consider to be a beach read. Right. And more heavy. Yeah. And then more, you know, the book that makes you think or makes you think, Oh, I should, you know, become more politically active in this way or contribute more or do this a different way. Yeah. Well, then there was the whole Joseph Boyden controversy too. I mean, I love his books. He's an excellent writer. Um, and then just the whole, you know, appropriation of culture and yeah. uh, um, that it was um, it was pretty interesting to follow. You haven't heard much from him lately, so you wonder uh, if he will come back. Um, well, then. Um, one of the things that we did as a family when we were traveling was we always listened to Dave and Morley stories. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, Stuart McLean, yeah. Like, we took a trip out to the East Coast to Prince Edward Island, and we listened literally to Dave and Morley stories the whole way Yeah. out there. And then... Yeah, we had, um, we had the whole Narnia series on CD. Right. We listened to that once. And then I would always go to the, and this is kind of dating us too, I would go to the library and get books on tape. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I know. And like, then well, when you're driving, you'd listen to a book, right? <laughs> well, and I remember setting up um, how complicated it was as a new teacher to set up a listening center in your oh, class. Oh, yes. Listening because you had the tape, the book on tape, and then you had to have several copies of the book and then you had to you know have all these headphones like yeah. huge big headphones yeah. and now plugs right those massive plugs that were on the yeah end. yeah yeah and now kids sit with an ipad and yes. listen to a book you know like it's just that, like that's definitely insane. how te technology has changed all that because i taught kindergarten and once, once yeah that's it <laughs> Oh, I know. And it but was I just, all I remember is on tape with the Ziploc and the bag. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Crazy. And yeah. I mean, I've, we, uh, we, uh, we went together to see Sir McLean. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Hamilton, right? Yeah. And then I and did I, that a few times and uh, he, yeah. And then, unfortunately, he got cancer, but it's uh, on one of his last Christmas tours. And I think I took my dad, because my dad was a storyteller and obviously a huge fan of Stuart McLean. Yeah. My dad was still alive when Stuart McLean passed away, and that impacted him very, uh, very much. Yeah, no, he was quite, an, uh, well, obviously a Canadian icon. And yeah. I've read some of Rick Mercer's books, too, which are, okay. like, I really like his, you know, I liked his Rick Mercer report. I like this hour has 22 minutes. I, you know, I kind of like the idea that we take a, a serious but lighthearted, you know, look yeah. at life rather than whatever. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. Well, um, interesting. I like funny books. I read this one called um, uh, Evergreen Tidings from the Baumgartners. And uh, that's a funny book. It's hard to find a well-written funny book, I find. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree with that because let's talk. I don't think 
too many stand-up comedians are right. writing, writing books. books. And they would actually be funny. You know, like some of their stories yeah. uh, would be funny. Yes. And then there's there's the whole, um, it's interesting right now because um, Charles and I, at one point, were reading a lot of Roberts and Davies. Oh, okay. And all of a sudden, Zach, our oldest, Zachary, said, yeah, I've started to read Roberts and Davies, and I'm getting his books out of the library, and I just love his books. And so then we started talking about that, and I said, well, have you read Murder and Walking Spirits, which was one of my favorites by him. And uh, so it's just interesting how, you know, you haven't thought about an author for a really long time. Yeah. And then somebody will bring, you know, something up like that. And it's, you and know, it tweaks something in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. There. And uh, Maya Angelou, of course, I don't want to forget. Another favorite of mine is Barbara Kingsolver. And again, she's, um, very nature oriented, and I think that's what draws me to her. She's yeah. uh, she's a lot of a lot of books and essays written about environment and nature and our impact. And she was kind of before her time on that one. And uh, so I do enjoy reading uh, her. I've read most of what she's written. Uh, and then when I was working, of course, I was reading a lot of educational leadership books. So it's you know, I I went through a few years there where I think felt like all I was doing was reading like for work. Right. Now it's kind of nice to go back to, you know, where you can pick up a, a book and just, I could sit for an entire day and just read. I don't do that very often where I just like totally for an, like, you know, kind of like I call it like a snowstorm day where you can't right. do anything. You really can't do anything else, so you just right. and like read. I literally get lost in a book and read cover to cover. And in the summer, I float in the in the pool. And oh, nice. Yeah. Sometimes I just need that. I need the mental break of yeah. just kind of getting into a book. It does recharge me. Like if I'm able to kind of sit down and get into a book, it definitely I find it rejuvenating and. Yeah. recharges me and just kind of turns your brain off for a while but I have found and this is something interesting with the you know with the with your phone and your iPad and blah 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 I do find you have to make that conscious effort to really pick up a book and read because it is too easy to get into your iPad or your phone yeah. or whatever so I do that has at times really impacted the amount that I have read because it definitely can really interfere with that time that you may have otherwise dedicated to to reading. And I usually write it into my day, like stop and read, like because mm -hmm. uh, I I usually keep a list of things that, and I can usually, you know, I have things that I want to do in a day and things that are important to do. But I think it is important to kind of stop and in the winter put the fire on. Like right now, I turned on the the gas fireplace, and I'm just sitting here with the the fire going. And I think you know, it's really good to to do that because life is is really fast paced, and you just hear people saying that all the time how they just don't have time for this or that, and turn the TV off. And you're right; it's very easy to get caught up in some of these these other things, but. Um, yeah. And holding the book and holding the book in your hand, right? Like, yeah, 
I did for a while there read some stuff on my iPad, but I much prefer a um, a solid book. Like if it's again something that I just want, maybe a quick read, and I know that I don't really want to keep the book or whatever, then I will download it on my iPad. But um, generally, I prefer a solid. I prefer the paper. <laughs> I don't mind. My kids and sometimes it's funny, right? The kids prefer a paper a paper book. Yeah, my kids definitely read. Not um, I know that Zachary does read some things on, and and Sebastian, of course, reads a lot on his computer for work. Both of them do, but no, when it comes right down to it, but sometimes it'll come up on my Kindle. This is a book, a dollar ninety nine book, and I'll just like download it and read it because I can. And right. but. Um, no, I, I would say that I read a lot of books and that's why I should get back into going to the library more because it's mm. obviously a, a lot yeah. cheaper. Good resource. And it's kind of fun just to kind of peruse around. Usually they have their, you know, latest nonfiction and they have their latest uh, fiction section and it's fun just yeah. to peruse around that and see if something jumps out, something that you may not have uh, otherwise thought of or just say oh I'll pick that up and breeze through it like just flip through it or whatever yeah, yeah. Or and um, in books or whatever and there's lots of like obviously like on my Pinterest account because I've looked for books there lots of recommendations come up for books mm. and I, for a while there I was keeping track of my books on Goodreads oh, okay which, oh, yeah, was Goodreads. Help, yeah. which was helpful because I have taken a book from a friend and then opened it and gone to read it and realized that I've already read it. <laughs> and I think, how can that be that you just don't remember? Remember, yeah, because, you know, and, and you're like, and then I um, recently, sometime I want to, maybe that week we could try to do this sometime, but there's this thing called Book and Brunch on, um, in Toronto. Right. Little Fires Everywhere, they're doing at the end of January. And you basically, you buy a ticket and you show up at this restaurant and then there's a whole bunch of people there like talking about this book. And I think it's around maybe $30, $40 and you get your food and then you're part of this discussion on books. And I think that would be kind of cool because I've been part of book clubs where it's all friends and then you don't, sometimes you don't end up talking very much about the book. You don't get a divergent opinion. No. Sometimes, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's a very interesting uh, thing to do like that. I thought it was, and of course, publishers always put out. Yeah, the Globe and Mail also has a um, an arts and book section every Saturday. So I yeah. typically just kind of go through there. They have author interviews. Um, they have book recommendations. They obviously have the bestseller lists. And so I usually take time just to kind of a few minutes just to peruse through that. I find, often find some good recommendations in there as well. Yeah. And I have a friend whose daughter is a manager at um, um, like Chapters Indico. Like she works at the bookstore. And so she, I follow her on Facebook. So she'll put out the author of the month or whoever they're kind of featuring. I used to do that when I um, 
had my own, like when I was a teacher librarian, I always had an author of the month. And it was interesting to see kids, you know, take a moment to actually consider that they might want to read something different. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Kevin Silver, that was one I had, oh, Kevin yeah. Sylvester. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he was fantastic <laughs> because he appealed to um, boys. Yes, sports and sports all that. weird. Yeah, and then he would draw as he talked. Yeah. Right? So who he had Neil Flambe. That was his. Yeah, series. the Neil Flambe. I read that series yeah. too. Yeah. It's <clears throat> and there was another one I had too, and it, anyway, he's left me. But yeah, so a whole new year of reading is yes. um, in front of us, right? And uh, I'm currently reading one called The Lost Connections, and it's. Um, uh, about finding hope and um, it's a whole book basically on mental health and which I don't know I just feel kind of surrounded by it just seems like anxiety and depression are really huge buzzwords right now mm-hmm, definitely and he has a really um, different take on everything I'm, and I can't speak to it very much because I'm only like thir- literally 30 pages in, but I'm, right. I'm I'm kind of enjoying that. And then I pre-ordered American Dirt. Right. So that was, it came up and I thought, oh, that sounds, and it's basically about the immigration crisis in, in America. In yeah, America. So oh. yeah, one interview I heard on CBC last week was by a woman author called Ada Calhoun, and she sang um, Why We Can't Sleep, Women in Midlife. And uh, immediately piqued my interest. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, uh, I'm actually very interested in reading that book. Yeah, too so because... she says it's it's about you know why women feel the way they do in midlife and kind of um, the situation around that. So I'm very much looking forward to reading that. And then I just finished Bill Bryson's The Body. A guide for occupants and I love Bill Bryson the way he writes is very approachable um, he's got a great um, style and yeah. I very much enjoyed reading that book as well that was good and, and, um, and we have to go back to fit in our 50s because yes. that was like I actually I bought that book and I actually go back and look at different things that they have said in that book to kind of you know, sort of re-inspire me about, um, you know, keeping on track of moving and, right. and healthy and like uh, that, that, I think that was a very inspiring book. I'd still like to try to see if we could have those authors talk to us maybe on a podcast down the road. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there's a whole, um, there you go. We've talked a lot about books, but I think, um, we're heading towards maybe talking about boundaries, personal boundaries in our next podcast. And there's a really good author, Dr. Henry Cloud, has written several books about boundaries um, that are really interesting as well. So that'll be um, that's sort of where we're heading next. And uh, yeah, so this is, I think this is it for No Room for Phonies. And hopefully you enjoy our talk about books from today.